0: Welcome to the Bagland Podcast. This is Bagland DP, where we discuss politics, tech, and tangibles. We got Brother Solomon here, South Minneapolis. It's been a while. Um, I was looking up, pulling up a lot of these articles that we're going to go through. We're going to spend a lot of time on this tonight, I'm going through withering detail on analysis that most people here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, are not going to go to. And I was taken aback just a little bit when I just typed in the word Rico Minneapolis in YouTube, just trying to get some video. And one of the things that I found out is they got video after video after video. And I thought about when they were talking about the federal initiative some time ago, and I really wasn't putting all the pieces together, but remember we talked about this maybe a year ago, like, oh, they're gonna start cracking down. I don't think we expected this. I'm going to play something for you, and then we're going to go from from video to video, from article to article, because there's all different kinds of articles that they're sprinkling in, all types of different information. So I'm going to start off with this one right here. This one, now this one is 10 minutes long. We're not going to go through the whole thing, of course, but this is just WCCO CBS Minnesota. Listen to this. Fair use, YouTube. Fair use.
1: ...violent street gangs in Minneapolis. This afternoon, federal officials provided an update and say it's part of the federal violent crime strategy. Take a look at what federal and local officials had to say. One year ago today, we announced a new federal violent crime initiative to address the unprecedented level of violent crime in our cities. The initiative had three components. First, all prosecutors in this office would handle violent crime cases. Second, we would prosecute all adult violent carjackings and third, we would form a gang unit to focus on violent gangs in Minneapolis. This afternoon, we are announcing the arrest and indictment of 45 members and associates of two violent street gangs. Over the last 48 hours, ATF and FBI agents working alongside local and federal law enforcement brought these gang members into federal custody. The defendants are charged with crimes ranging from participating in a criminal organization under RICO to using firearms in furtherance of murder and drug tra- trafficking. Now, before we go along,
0: for those that do not know what the RICO is, I'm going to go to another section. Now, pay attention, Minneapolis and St. Paul. Now, The RICO, referred as the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. Now, quite simply, given the history of this country, they shouldn't even be able to use a RICO against foundations. Now you're going to probably ding me on this. People are going to say, well, "Why the hell would you say something like that?" Because this was used for the mob. But see what they're yeah. what they're doing here is they use it for organized crime families because a lot of the crime families would pay the cops and the judges off you get somebody like the Colombo crime family or you get somebody like, you know, you, you had folks like Sammy the bull and shit like that. They're like, okay, these mob bosses will get start knocking, knocking folks off. So they said, okay, we're going to have to come up with something to do with these Italians. That's, that's, that's what we don't understand about the Rico. Cause every time when, when the Rico comes up, the face of the Rico is going to be young thug. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not saying young thug was the same, but the face of the Rico is black folks. no, Let's go back to why the RICO was created. It had nothing to do with black folks. These were crime families, organized crime families. Most Negroes nowadays ain't got nothing organized. You got a couple niggas out the hood that might sm- smoke a couple of blunts. They might shoot a nigga or two. And that's really what you got. And now you have a RICO. But as the guy said, this is U.S. Attorney Andrew Lugar. We are now addressing gang violence for what it is, organized criminal activity, which means and you remember, when they call a black person a gang, that's one or two people. It, it ain't what people people thinking of, oh, well, this is the Broadway gangsters from South Central and this is GDs from Chicago and they got this and they got that going on and this block is no. all. They're basically saying it's one or two Negroes. R. Kelly, they only use one. They use the RICO on him and he's only one person. So one or two right. Negroes, one or two black people <laughs> that's committing a crime is now called organized criminal activity. Now, listen to what they said here in this article at Star Tribune. This is the first one. Y'all mind my allergies pretty bad. Of the 45 defendants, either linked to the highs or the bloods, 30 charged across two indictments and 15 other members are being charged in separate documents with drug and gun crimes. Luger said those charges engaged in a brutal and unrelenting trail of violence spanning multiple years with membership of the gang swelling since the 2020 onset of the COVID-19 pandemic and unarrested following the George Floyd murder. So they're already setting up the narrative. Hey, we getting payback on you niggas. See George Floyd costing us 30 million. We putting some Negroes in jail. Now they said two dozen shooting victims, a blend of targeted murders and bystanders who survived, are referencing the charges with the shootings. So they went back and they probably got a bunch of these people that got shot and said, Look, man, who shot you? Man, that nigga right over there. The Justice Department's organized crime and gang section is assisting with the prosecution. And investigators from the Minneapolis Police Department has been embedded within the US Attorney's Office in Minnesota. Wednesday's announcement arrived on the one year anniversary of Luger launching a coordinated effect to crack down on guns, drugs, and carjacking, so they're putting it all in one.
1: Now let's go back to what this guy says. Today's announcement marks a fundamental change in how we address gang violence. Starting with these charges, we are prosecuting street gangs as the criminal organizations they are. The charges we announced today are a significant step forward in our effort to reduce violent crime in Minneapolis. For the past year, we together have been carefully and deliberately building these cases against the criminal organizations that are Minneapolis street gangs. Now, you
0: told me the other day, we had this conversation earlier today. You said they've been had the evidence in investigations. They, this isn't new. They've been doing this for years.
2: Well, yeah, they've been watching these kids for a long time.
0: You said over a year. They, He said a year. This is much they had to have done this old well over a year. And I'm gonna give you the proof of your evidence. You made that statement. Let me see here.
2: Yeah, they don't waste their time. The feds and these the, the, anytime these you hear the word Rico, there's been extensive research that's went into that.
0: Listen, it is the killings include a 2020 shootout, and this is back in the uh, AP News. That left one person dead at the Two Hundred Club in North Minneapolis. That I never fucked with that club. That club is off the chain. It's always been off the chain. That that club What's it called the, the Two Hundred Club in North Minneapolis. That's right off of Broadway. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That club, it's a guarantee you gonna get into get into a situation you get over there. But it's, but but it's been like that for well over fifteen years. Well over fifteen years. When I was when I was in my early twenties, that club was off the hook. Um. There was a fatal shooting in Uptown. Uh, According to the indictments, the highs have existed since 2008. It was 2008. I was just starting my IT career and have numerous subsets. New new members are expected to put in work, which Luger said generally means shooting people. The Bloods have been around for decades and have two subsets, the Rolling 30 Bloods and Outlaws. Their new recruits are expected to fight, shoot, or make money for the gang through drug sales. He declined to give membership estimates or say how many more could face charges. Now, for those that don't know, Roller 30's been around for a long time. They've had a, a long stamp and a reputation in this city. And I remember in the early 90s, they used to kind of get into it with everybody. And, you know, they weren't a very liked set. I'll, I'll say that. Um, people had a lot of disdain for the bloods. They had a lot of, they just didn't like them and they stick together. So they had enemies all over the entire city, you know? So, and it could have been, I I don't, I'm not sure, sure exactly why, but there was a lot of you know, I, I remember even when I used to be in school and when I was a teenager, they used to, I, you know, I used to hear dudes make derogatory comments about them and stuff like that. And when I met some of the members and stuff like that, when I was young, I said, well, the, you know, the guys seem like they all right, they're pretty cool. But they wasn't to be played with. But I do remember a time where where guys used to say stuff, well, man, we don't like them. Why don't you like them? They never could really say why. But they were they were known. They were known if you mess with them, it was going to be a major problem. So they've been looking at them for a long time. But. It looks like the main thing is the murders and the shootings. Um, okay, hold on now. now. Okay, look at this. The Rico at the heart is the heart of the case. Prosecutors are required to prove that the gangs are criminal enterprise. That's easy for them to do that. And then members participate through a pattern of racketeering that can include everything from state crimes such as assaults, robberies, murders, and federal violent crimes. So they're they're rolling up any crime you do, and they're saying it's kind of like the gang injunctions in L.A. The gang injunctions are pretty much white supremacist laws that say, "Hey, listen, you from the Rolling Sixties? Oh, it doesn't matter if you're a sixty or not. You live in the Rolling Sixties, and you're sitting there talking to Sixties. Therefore, we can hit you with a gang injunction." So they could take the whole entire neighborhood and say, Hey, all right. uh, you're a young black male. I think you're a part of the rolling sixties. So you're standing on the corner talking to some other rolling sixties. So they could just indict you on that. It usually doesn't hold too much crime, too much weight. But the fact that they could bring you to the LA County jail, which is a hellish place. You could just be a non-member, but you live in a neighborhood. Now, When they really want to talk about true organized crime, when you go to cities like Chicago and LA, that's organized. You can't just go walking around any neighborhood you want. You have an understanding when you go to South Central, you can't just go wherever you want. You need to either check in or know somebody or have family or whatever the case. And even to this day, it's like that. I can't imagine how it was in the 80s and the 90s. You can't just go wherever you want to go and do what you want to do. You have to have permission so it's organized. Um, we know that the LAPD has many gangs has been involved, the executioner squads, the bags benders. They have literal, I mean, LAPD is literally like a game.
2: Really? They're,
0: they're more crooked than the members themselves. The, the the average LAPD member is more crooked than the worst Roland 60 or the Black P-Stones, than their worst member ever. Now, people figure, well, they're, they're a police, so they're upholding the law. We have documented evidence of them killing people, setting folks up, dropping dudes off in other hoods, selling drugs. Do, do, I mean, they're literally a gang. They operate like a gang. Now, let's go back to what he says here.
1: And this is just the first step. We Uh-oh. will continue to bring gang cases as we dismantle them and reduce the threat they pose to our city. There are three Minneapolis-based violent gangs, the highs, the lows, and the bloods. The highs and the lows are focused in North Minneapolis, divided by Broadway, and the bloods operate primarily in South Minneapolis. Today, in our first... Now, anytime they put
0: a gang injunction... Or they bring a rico on several different several different members. Those are the people that's out there doing 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 the most. That's what that means. If you go and look at documentations in L.A., Broadway Gangsters, Rolling Sixties, Black p Stones, any neighborhood that's on a gang injunction, that means that they they them niggas out there. Nine times out of 10, if you a rapper or whatever the case may be, or you, you know, if you going out there and you want to be safe, those are the guys you going to check in with. Because those are the, that's when they put a gang injunction out, then that means they've, they've identified that these are the neighborhoods that ain't to be played with. You got to think about it, bro. And this is just some hip hop shit. We're hip hop fans. When did you ever hear a rapper ever diss di, di, ever dis Nip Hustle? When have you ever heard that?
2: No, uh, nobody.
0: Never. Now you've heard other members. You've heard rival sets in that city, diss them because you know that's just part of their. You know that's they have a long-standing issue with each other, but that's personal. You see what I'm saying? They know each other. They're from L.A., so if they diss him, well, they're like, okay, well, I don't like his hood. So they have a a legitimate gripe. But when have you ever heard, when have you ever heard an artist, you know how to rap beef and all that kind of stuff and dudes be dissing each other and stuff and rapping, you have never heard an artist in the hip-hop industry diss neighborhood nip. Never. There's a reason for no. that. There's a reason for that. They know that if you're in the rap game, at some point you're going to have to come to LA. You're going to have to come to, you're going to have to touch down to LA. That's a big market, LA, Chicago, Houston. You're going to have to go to LA. Right. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to do no show.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're gonna shut you down. Yeah, you ain't, you ain't doing no him. show
0: unless you apologize and make <laughs> it pay up or something like that. I mean, you're not gonna do no show.
2: No, nah, you you ain't even gonna be able to promote nothing. You out ain't there. gonna be able to
0: promote nothing. You 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 can't you can't do that to those guys. You never heard him diss anybody. You never really heard no? any, him diss. Well, he diss he diss he dissed a rival rival. Rivalhood and stuff, but he don't he never dissed anybody. He never said he dissed
2: academics. Anybody. That's the only person I ever heard of.
0: Yeah, I mean But academics was doing doing slick shit. So that was more like a checking he didn't really it wasn't <laughs> like he just said Well, you know, I just don't like the nigga or whatever he act was doing some 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 faulty shit and nip said, okay You know, I got to We got to check this nigga. This nigga's off code so we just gonna let him know that he's off code so He he didn't really, it wasn't just like a random, you know how artists sometimes, they'll just diss a nigga. Oh, I'm just going to diss him just so I can get some views and stuff like that. That don't really work out there. People end up getting fucked up behind shit like that. That's why, you know, you don't really, out, out West, you don't really hear dudes ain't doing a bunch of dissing because it ain't about a damn rap. You know, you diss somebody out there. I mean, you, you have a neighborhoods involved and shit like that. Like that shit gets serious. So, so if you notice those guys don't really diss each other like that out there, there ain't a whole bunch of dissing, you know? Right. So, because they're used to doing that in real life, but going back to going back to this injunction, they've identified they because they've already looked and said, okay, this person is from here, this person is from there. They've looked at social media. They, they know all of this
1: information. First set of gang indictments, we are bringing RICO and related charges against 45 members of the Highs and the Bloods. This slide summarizes the charges and the defendants in today's cases, and all of these slides will be available to the media. We have charged 28 members and associates of the Highs, and 17 members and associates of the Bloods. And the defendants are charged with a long list of federal crimes, from RICO to using a a firearm in relation to murder. The indictments unsealed today allege that the defendants engaged in a brutal and unrelenting trail of violence. Now, you see the words they're using.
0: They're very strategic about how the way that this, how the media goes about this brutal and unrelenting. They're making them sound like monsters. Now, whether they are monsters or not, that's not for up and me to decide. We'll, we'll break down our analysis pretty soon here. Brutal and unrelentless. Did they talk that way about Carol and Bryant about the Emmett Till case that the DOJ closed? just saying no they did not they they never looked at her and this is the mother of white supremacy this is what uh, arguably kicked off the civil rights you know movement they never said she's brutal and unrelentless they protected her to the very end I just found out some reliable information that she was this this old devil died in Louisiana now remember, boots on the ground founder in North Carolina. They kept moving her and moving her and moving her. So who did all the moving? We'll, we'll get. We'll talk about that a little later. But this goes to show that the entire USA was co- complied in hiding her and making sure she was safe. Because had that been me or you, we would have never seen the light of day for a crime like that.
1: Of course not. Over the course of years. Had that been even
2: the uh, average whitey?
0: Oh. Well You talking about the average white guy?
2: Yeah, they probably wouldn't have even got away with that.
0: Well, they did. Um you got to think Carolyn Bryant she was 110% complicit with it. She she was the reason why Emmett killed Emmett got killed. But
2: yeah, but her, she came from a few dollars.
0: Not really. They were kind of some little broke. They didn't, you know, Carolyn didn't really have no money like that. These were some dirt poor rednecks, kind of, they didn't really have too much. If you read the book, The, uh, the Blood of Emmett Till, which I, I highly recommend, she admitted to being complicit in the murder, but those two white guys, like you said, if it would have little bit a white guy, those two white guys that killed him and um, shot him in the head and tortured him and all that, they killed him, and then they sold her, and there, you know, there's no statute uh limitation of murder, right? When they yeah. said they killed him, they sold their story. They went on the news and sold their story. They paid him like five grand to basically say, hey, what happened? And they told him, they, they, basically they told these two white guys that came and kidnapped him, pretty much gave the whole story. Yeah, we tortured him, we peeled his skin back, we we brutalized him. We, you know what I'm saying? We tortured him until he died, then we shot him in his head, and then we, you know, I mean, they they pretty much, the whole murder, they they pretty much get said it. But in Mississippi, you got to think that's the home of white supremacy. They're like, Hey, listen, we've already been, we've already got off. They were not going to get convicted in Mississippi. Wasn't going to happen because everybody in the jury just like, no, they didn't do it. Now, everybody in the state of Mississippi and in that town, they knew they did it. The sheriff did it. Everybody knew they did it, but they're not, you're not going to convict a white man. White supremacy must reign supreme. So, you're, you're just not we're not going to go against him, even though we know that you did this to a child. But race soldiers don't look at it like it's a child. They look at it like, OK, this is a fair deal. So they went to the news and pretty much got paid to say that they murdered this child. At one point, that's they that's tried true. to make up a, make up something and say, well. That that kid you found in the river, uh, Emmett's mom probably just brought him down and threw him in the river. They were saying stuff like that. I mean, they were. It was dirty from one step to 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 another. But anyway, we'll, we'll get back to it. So yeah, two white guys did get away with it. So yeah, it, if that would have been you, if you would have did that to a white girl and put her in a pond, you would have never made it out of Mississippi. You would have never made it out of Mississippi. A- ain't no way. First of all, you okay. yeah, it wouldn't have been. No, you wouldn't have had no crowd because if they would have thought you did it or said you did it you wouldn't even made it to the jail cell. The whole town would have grabbed you out to jail cell. If you ever would have made it to it and they would have strung you up and burned you alive and took pictures of you and sent the postcards around the country. Cause that's what they used to oh, do. Oh Yeah.
2: They gave you a town square whooping.
0: Yeah. You, you would have never made it to that jail cell. It wouldn't have been no trial. And that's yet another reason for reparations for foundations. Black folks back then are getting off subject a little bit, but it, it's pertinent Black folks back then, you didn't even necessarily have to be guilty. Um, A lot of people don't know that even in Tulsa, when black folks were fighting back Tulsa in, in, in Tulsa, um, they didn't start bringing the planes until they was catching ass whoopings. There was a lot of military soldiers and black folks that went to World War, I think World War I or went to wars and stuff, were in the military, that when the race soldiers made up the lie that a black man touched a white woman or whatever. They were really upset about, because Tulsa was one of the richest cities in America, not the richest black cities. A lot of people don't know that they were bawling out of control in Tulsa and the race soldiers was pissed. They was like, Oh hell no. These Negroes, they're literally less than 70 years out of slavery and they got these big ass houses and you know, they were mad as hell. They had a bank. They had everything. So the race soldiers was pissed. You know, so they were like, all right, let's just make up a story. Oh, this nigga raped a white woman. And so, you know, that's when all the white people start coming to town. And some of the military soldiers, the black soldiers, was giving their ass to business. So they said, all right, let's drop some bombs. That was the first bombing, the first domestic bombing in the United States of America was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But the thing is, is where did they get the planes? The planes were already lined up. So that's how you know they planned it. Now, this is some information I'm giving you that you probably never heard of. They planned the Tulsa massacre. A lot of black folks don't know this. They think that oh, it just happened because some white girl lied. No, they planned it because the the planes were already lined up outside of town. So when the race soldiers was getting their ass whipped by all these military, I mean, you know, you're you're military, but you ain't got no planes. So these white people had these planes, and that's when they start dropping uh, the bombs, burning up all the buildings. They were they were raping children, raping women, burning people, lynching them you know it, it was literally a massacre. They call it a race riot. It wasn't a riot. it was a massacre anyway. anyway.
1: such as revenge killings, assaults and now, now
0: that right there revenge killings. that has a first degree premeditation. When you say revenge killing, they're gonna say, hey, they're relentless, they're merciless, they're monstrous this is a revenge killing. You had beef with somebody
1: things that included the murder of innocent bystanders.
0: Oh, wait a minute. Now you got on me the other day. You said DP, you're not, you're not denouncing the gang activity. You know, on the background right. podcast, we have a code of conduct here. If there's some serial hood hit us. Oh, wait a minute.
1: I can't give passes. If there's some innocent bystanders, violence, such as revenge killings, assaults, and shootings that included the murder of innocent bystanders. Traditionally, our approach to gun violence has been to charge violent offenders crime by crime. Here's the key. Here's the key right here of the RICO. Shooting by shooting, case by case. And we will continue to do so in order to take violent offenders off the street in this manner. However, to reduce violent crime in Minneapolis dramatically, We are also addressing the unique harm violent gangs bring to our communities, and we are dismantling them. These first indictments illustrate the new shift in our approach. We are addressing gangs. So what
0: they're saying is, young black folks understand this. You Negroes is going to get hit with the top of the book, the max. These are re. This is this is remember what I said before. This is the Dred Scott North. This is Rico soda. This is no longer, well, you just get a little pistol charge here and then you get out. No, 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 no. That, that's over with. That, this is the new normal. Rico is the new normal because, see, when you hear about, like, look at the carjackings and the stuff like that, they people were complaining, saying, well, yeah, man, you know, this kid done did this and he did it again and he did it again and these repeat offenders, they're like, ah, now nah, ain't going to be no repeats we going to say that you're organized crime you organize this you sat down with your homie and said hey look man we about to go do this this and we going to take this money and we going to buy these pipes and we going to they going to say okay you nigga you're organized basically you y- y'all all you little young negroes out here y'all some masterminds <laughs> y- y'all some right. y- y'all some pinky in the brains you some smart niggas you're you're organized you're like the mob so we're going to hit you with the Rico Suave. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm not that bright. All I did is just robbed this one nigga, and I bought a pipe and sold a little fentanyl and, you know, went and bought this stolen car. I ain't organized. This ain't no organized crime. They were like, no, nah, nigga. No, you're smart. You, you're you a mastermind. You, you were premeditated. You sat around and you planned this out. You had a schematic. You architected this. Th- that's how they're looking at this. Oh, Rico.
1: But we're going to tie all y'all in. Violence for what it is, organized criminal activity. And to be clear, there will be more cases after this. To prosecute the members of the gang as part of a criminal organization, we are using the Racketeering, Influenced, and Corrupt Organization Act, known as RICO. Let me exp- explain briefly how RICO works. First, we established that the gang... Here, the highs and the bloods are a criminal or enterprise and that members participate in that enterprise through a pattern of racketeering activity. Racketeering activity can be anything from straight state crimes such as assaults, robberies and murders. So now if I rob
0: you. Hey, nigga, give me that money. You come out the club, you're balling, I snatch your chain. And then I say, roll the 30s. Rico, that, that that's really what that is when you think about it. That, that's a Rico. Now, you yeah. might have just been one dude, but, okay, you brought up the, the, the thing YSL. You said, man, Thug probably don't even know half these dudes. They be at the club. They smack a nigga. YSL, nigga, YSL. Rico, he probably really don't know who half these dudes is. He might have got a few of them in the club. It might have been an associate of an associate of an associate, and he really be like, damn, who this, oh, well, this dude's telling? Well, who is that? He's never been in my house. He don't even really know me like that, but he's screaming YSL. You painted a, You said something earlier today. That, well, they indict you. You'll get a perjury charge or whatnot. You lie to the police. That's a crime. But you yeah. said that if you have, if you're in the interrogation room, the police can just lie to you and they don't get charged
2: with a crime. No. And not only that, you know, like how waterboarding, they can get you to damn near admit to anything. Right. You know, that's, it's a form of verbal waterboarding, because if I'm telling you, well, you know, Phil, you know, he's in there smitching on you, that gives you more inkling to just make up a lie about me.
0: Verbal waterboarding. That's a hell of a statement. I've never heard that term before. Verbal waterboarding. I made it up. That's a hell that's of a why, term.
2: why, uh. That's why interrogations shouldn't be outlawed, obviously, but anytime a police says something that isn't true, the whole thing should be over. I agree. I agree. Just stick stick to the facts, you know, because that one thing is what gets them a lot of their information is when they say, Well, you know, they telling on you, you know. That's like You gonna disc- sit here and go to jail for your buddies? like I watched this one yesterday This they were interrogating these little 16 year old kids the interrogator she said the little white girl she said look you little bitch I don't have time for this somebody was murdered you need to talk because your friends are back there squealing all on you you know which wasn't true but that's how they that's how that's how they get a lot of their info so why is it that they can break laws and we can't that's something that people should think about and how far would they go with their investigations and their RICOs if they weren't able to lie? Right.
0: Like, well, what if, because see, if, if you're going to say, okay, we're upholding the constitution, this is the law, the law, the law, the law. We know a law ain't a law unless it's enforced. If, right. if everybody said, Hey, listen, you, you giving me this, you telling me this because we've seen first 48, we've seen all that. And we all know that when you get into your lawyer will tell you this. Don't say a word. But no, what they'll I do talk. is a lot of times, and as Chicago PD has done this a lot of times. They'll torture people, or they'll do you know they'll, they'll co- what they call the coursing. They'll they'll coerce information. All right, well you know hit this nigga with this sock, this this soap soccer. You know they'll burn them or they'll they'll do something where you're gonna like, all right, fuck it, I'll just say it. So there's a lot of signed confessions. Chicago PD PD is, has known to have done this, where they got black folks down at the station, and they'll say. Look, um, confess to this crime, and you know the average nigga be like, "Hell no, I ain't confessing." See, they may beat you up, rough you up a little bit, or torture, and then you get signing out of desperation. That's a crime, you know what I'm saying? Um, Laquan McDonald, a race soldier, got like a twenty piece. Remember, remember we talked about that uh, Obama's boy, Rahm Emanuel. Yeah, his slimy ass hid the evidence. Even when the family was used trying to use a freedom of information act, there was a, there was a point where Laquan McDonald got killed and it was two Puerto Ricans that seen the murder. Nobody else really seen it. And they must've seen the police kill him. They went up there. It was a Puerto Rican woman and a Puerto Rican dude, I think. And it was like, Hey y'all, you seen that they start harassing. They ass. They start showing up at a house, intimidating them, shit like that. Like, hey, you didn't see what you get saw, did you? And the people was like, yeah, we, we seen you get killed, that black man. No, no, you didn't. That's not what you saw. You you didn't see us right. kill no black man. Yeah. And they're like, no, I rob- see you. They're like, I seen you shoot Emanuel's that nigga. people Yeah, that's that. He covered up that whole entire case. He covered up his yeah, that whole. Yeah, his
2: he, family buys their way through everything, you know.
0: Right. Right. But see what, what they did to a lot of black folks. And I don't, I'm not really sure. I don't I, at that time, they were kind of like how me or you were around with, with Obama and stuff like we were like, oh, OK, you know, black president, things going. black folks in Chicago probably at that time really didn't understand what was really going on. What it is, is the the, the the Republican conservative boogeyman people was hitting them the Oh, well, if they get in, this going to happen and the sky is going to fall and all that. Rather than saying, fuck y'all, we want some reparations and tangibles, you know. But at that time, we none of us were really politically intelligent. We just kind of get said, OK, well, you know, so. He's he, you know, Rahm and Obama, they just kind of get sat there and just watching niggas get slaughtered over the whole time that they were in the administration so they were they were actually complicit in, 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 in a lot of type of shit that was going on. You had race soldiers you know killing black people and come to find out when that cop the cop that got charged with the crime I think he did a 20 piece and I seen the documentary I think it was on HBO one of the cops i I, I guess the cops started talking and one of the police. Said, "Hey, if we would have caught his ass coming out the precinct, we might have we might have knocked his ass off." This is the, wow. this is this is a cop that actually said that about another cop because the cop that the cop that got charged and convicted with the Laquan McDonald uh, murder, I guess you know he probably figured that he was gonna do some time, you know. And you, got, this ain't like in Minnesota. I mean, it's bad in any prison, but damn it, this is Cook County. The gangs run shit. The GDs and the BDs and the vice lords run, run the prisons down there. So he was like, well, damn, I just shot this nigga. I'm going to be, you know, you white in an all-black prison. <laughs> and you a cop to get shot a nigga? Like, he probably was scared. He probably said, you know what, man, I know more. So he started talking. Oh, he started talking. And that's why how Rahm had to start releasing the Freedom Information Act and all the stuff that the media and investigators were trying to find out about what happened to Laquan, come to find out he killed this nigga in cold blood. So, Damn. if you watch the documentary, the Laquan McDonald documentary, that's a good one. Um,
2: yeah, I'm gonna check it out.
0: Yeah, you gotta check it out. It's a, it's a lot of little ones like that. Um, Strange Fruit. That was a real good one. Uh, was that on... Somewhere, I think it was on Amazon. Yeah. You gotta watch that one. That was about the brother in Valdosa. They got a real, they got rolled up in the... uh. It, it remind you of Emmett Till and shit all the way. He got rolled up in that little leg uh, gym mat. But they said that he... he you remember the gym mats back, you know, back in school, the long, big, long gym yeah. mats. Now, let's say, think about it. Let's say you in the gym. I know we're going way off subject, but it's pertinent. It's pertinent. Um, You in the gym and you lost your shoe. They tried to say that the mat was standing up and his shoe was in the mat, but the mat was standing up vertically. And that he crawled on the top of the mat to go down and get his shoe. You know what I'm saying? Does that make mm-hmm. any logical sense to you?
2: None. Absolutely none.
0: The the mat is standing up. So rather than just pushing the mat over and grabbing your shoe, first of all, how'd your shoe get inside the mat? You see what I'm saying? So right. they, they, yeah, if if you look at what happened to um, that case of oh, what's, what's the brother's name? I hate that I forgot. Valdostic Georgia. It's called Strange Fruit. The documentary is called Strange Fruit. It was... um. Hold on, hold on. Let me pull it up real quick. Real quick. Oh, we got to get his name. I, I hate it when I... Oh, my God. Speaking of Valdostic Georgia, 1918. Did you hear about that? That sister? No. Basically, it was a... Valdosta, Georgia. That's another historic another horrible thing to happen to a foundational family. There was a black man that they said he did something and I guess he must have tried to check some white folks or whatever the case may be and so they they lynched him. Uh the 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 man's wife called the race soldiers out. This was in 1918, I believe. She called the race soldiers out. She was pregnant, so they grabbed her, um, hung her hung her over a bridge, took a knife. Um, she was pregnant, cut her stomach open, and killed the baby and, and let her sit there. Valdosic, Georgia. Damn. So yet another reason for reparations. But no, nah, that was a, uh, hold on. It was it called Strange Fruit. It was called Valdosic, Georgia. Damn, what was his name? We got to get his name before we go on. Valdosa, Georgia. Um, oh, Jim Matt. Let me look at the Jim Matt. Oh, Kendrick Johnson. Kendrick Johnson. That brother in Kendrick Johnson. When you look at the Kendrick Johnson case, it's very similar to the Emmett Till case. Very similar. Anyway, uh, getting back to now look. Now the indictment it says. Now we're looking at the Star Tribune. Luger build indictments is the first wave of the ongoing operation. He said involving the other major gang in Minneapolis, the Lows on the north side. So they show a picture here, approximately Minneapolis approximate Minneapolis gang territories. They're, sent, they're showing a picture, uh, courtesy of Open Street Map. The Bloods is showing in Lake Street. You see 35 wrapping around. Then way on the other side of the city, you have the highs, dividing across the West Broadway, and then the lows. The indictment charging the highs, which has largely done business on the north side of Minneapolis since 2008, accuses 20 members of the Rico linked to five murders between April and September 2021, ten attempted murders, robbery, and drug trafficking. Five others are charged with separate gun and drug crimes. What they're gonna do, and you know how this works, the dudes with the pistol charges. And maybe one of them murders, they're going to say, hey, well, what you know? And they're going to wrap some all other right. people up. So dudes that might have knocked some folks down, some dudes that got bodies that ain't never got caught, they're going to start naming some of them too. Uh, yeah. Now look, oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, they're going to all start naming them.
0: It says the charges outline how prospective recruits are ordered to prove their loyalty by putting in work, which prosecutors say involves carrying out violent crimes for the gang or helping procure drugs or weapons. Those who fail to follow through will be expelled or or assaulted. So, basically, if you're in the set and you ain't putting in no work, you might get the beats. Oh, yeah. You know, you have to prove yourself as a loyal and outstanding member. You see?
2: Let's quote him, just like for cops.
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Same thing. Pretty much. And, And I'm glad you draw that parallel because there was a white woman that was on the Minneapolis put PD. I think we talked about, I think it was on a pro public article, pro public, pro Publica article that we talked about a while back. And it was talking about how this white woman, she, she had just joined the force and she was on Lake street. And the other cop, the guy that was training her in, he basically told her, he said, Hey, look, um, you know, you see that nigga walk across the street. Just go shove his ass. You know, she's kind of on some, like, man, what did he do? And the, uh, the white guy was like, ah, I don't matter. He's black. Just, you know, just go fuck him up. And old girl was like, no, nah, I'm not about to do that. Like, that's illegal. Like, I'm, I'm I'm upholding the law. She's like, he, he was trying to tell her, like, this is what we do. So, he just went over there and grabbed the nigga and just roughed him up. He was just walking across the street. You know what I'm saying? So, She was seeing stuff like this. That's why I say. I'm going to have to look into this Rico a little bit more. I'm not co-signing the Rico off top. Now, if you want to indict a nigga for doing some shit, but this whole sale, we just going to wrap everybody up. Now, if it's a serial hood hit a situation and there's innocent people, I want to make my position very clear on the Bagland tonight. I don't care what gang members do with each other. Now, if it's a little girl that gets shot, or an old lady, or somebody, some some brother that's just getting up going to work, and yeah, he gets hit by a bullet. Hey, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't really. Yeah, you do whatever you want with the, with these niggas. But if if it's just Pookie and he just shoots Ray Ray in a card game, and the nigga owes him some money, and he fucked his baby mama, and the nigga just shoots the other nigga, and don't nobody else get hurt? I don't really care what they do. <laughs> I'm not really going to cry over, you know, if, if it's if a criminal, if it's criminal on criminal, cool. Now, if it's criminal upon old lady or, you know, this, this brother right here, he's getting ready to pick his daughter up and he's coming from Cub Foods and, you know, and you just jack him for his car. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's serial hood. See, the thing, what's happened today is you got niggas that, well, I'm a criminal Oh, I'm a street nigga, but you're involving your, if you're involving yourself with non-street niggas. No, that's a civilian. You don't touch civilians. You're supposed to know that that's part of the game. You don't touch no civilian. You're not a civilian. You don't touch civilians. You're supposed to deal with right. other criminals. So like I said, if Pookie or Ray, Ray shoots Pookie or Ray Ray, but see, here's the thing. Where do you draw the line? Pookie and Ray Ray has kids too. Some niggas be like, oh man, that's Pookie's little two year old daughter in the car. She the ops. Niggas think like that. Oh man, we're going to splash his car up. See? But see, the thing is, if Pookie, if you're in the game, your, your daughters and your children, ain't supposed to be riding with you anyway. All right.
2: Yeah. You should. you said no.
0: <clears throat> mob- a lot of them
2: baby, try to have their kids with them as a shield.
0: Oh man, that's even... Oh man, now we're done. We're, we're gonna like, ain't nobody
2: up. gonna shoot me when I got my kids.
0: Yeah, that, that you got
2: to think you got all them ops. You know, you you would think at least a Lisa motherfucker would have some sense not to be riding with his kids.
0: I wouldn't ride with my kids if I was into some shit like that. And really, to, I'm be honest. This may sound selfish because you know as men we're supposed to continue our genetic legacy. That's the purpose of us being on this planet. We're supposed to sire children within our genetic, within our genetic uh likeness and image to pass a legacy on. But if I was involved in this kind of lifestyle, bro, like uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think that if I'm involved in that, that I should really be worried about having kids at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm involved in some shit like that, it's probably not best because see, You might be an upstanding citizen. You might leave this shit alone. But niggas don't forget. You might have did something to somebody many years ago where the ops might be young ops now. Now you 30, 35, 40. I want to get into the ages in a minute when we look at this indictment because that's important. I seen a nigga that was on there that was in his 40s. And I said, oh, man, fuck. Like, okay, that's a prime... That's a prime... Reason why you don't want to be an older nigga and ain't not on nothing, it it just looks bad. You see what I'm saying? It's just not a good look. It's just really not like now. Guys in their early twenties, you but okay, we're young and dumb. You could say that nigga, you're forty. Well, what are you dealing with? You're forty years old. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like so you could tell nine times out of ten if you sat that nigga down, he would probably sound like a guy in his twenties. Right. And I don't even know them. I'm I'm just going off of logic. I'm like, okay, I'm looking at the indictment, I'm seeing the age of these guys. A lot of them in some of them are in their 30s. But a lot of these guys are in their 20s. And I gotta keep in mind that some of them is repeat offenders. Some people go to jail, they don't grow up. They're they're living on borrowed and old time. If you if if you're in your early 20s, bro, and you do some time for five to six years or whatever when you get out, you still catching up. So you haven't really had no time to, to, to mature. You're surrounded by other criminals. So I don't really know how much you're going to better yourself unless you really do it. If you get on like some Malcolm X shit and literally read and better yourself mentally, like, but you're not in a place that's really designed for you to do so. You see what I'm saying? You're, you're not really, this, this isn't an environment for you to foster and empower yourself. You literally would have to go outside of your mindset and to enforce yourself to make sure yourself. You're not going to be, you're amongst folks that's probably thinking of the same shit. recidivism. Hey, yeah, man, let's get out here and get this lick. You got niggas in there to think like that, bro. You, you know, not everybody gets out and says, man, I'm about to go straight. Not everybody thinks like that. Some niggas be like, man, I can't wait to see the ops. Fresh out. I can't wait to see the ops. I can't wait to hit this lick. I can't wait to do this. I can't wait to, you know, not everybody thinks like, man, I'm about to see if I get me an IT certification, man. I'm about to see if I get into contracting. You know, I, I want me, I want me an enterprise like Solomon. I want to be hiring me some contracts. I want to get some 1099 shit going. I want to get me a work truck. Not everybody thinks like that. So you're not really in a, you're not really in a, uh, an environment that's going to foster a lot of forward empowerment and thinking. Now, this right here, they said decades. They said the Minneapolis Bloods chapter has meanwhile been more entrenched in the city. Remember, I told you before, they've been around since the 80s. Operating on the south side of town for south side of town for at least several decades. A newly unsealed separate indictment charged five members and associates, including two connected to the RICO, with two bodies and 10 attempted murders, robbery, and drug trafficking. The other three face uh, drug or gun charges using a firearm and two separate murders. It says the Chargers describe a similar hierarchy within the Bloods where new recruits fight, shoot, or make money to rise up. Meanwhile, respected OGs or original gangsters give orders to the enforcers and younger members. The highest level of the gang is double OG. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 So they saying, they saying that's how they really going to hit the, what they're going to focus. This is my prediction there and my, my analysis. They're going to focus on the bloods heavily by saying, well, y'all been around. You're mature. You've been around a long time. So you guys are a lot more organized than these other gangs. See, when they say highs and lows, that's a demographic. I could bring up a map and show you, okay, this is the highs and the lows. Okay, this is south of Broadway. This is north of Broadway. With the Bloods, they're saying, hey, you guys have been around for 30 plus years. You're an organized crime. This is relentless. This is this is treacherous. This is, you know, th- that's the way they're going to say it. Then right here, they got one dude. He's charged with a RICO drug conspiracy. Now that drug conspiracy is almost worse than the damn possession itself. Once they start putting conspiracy, that's that premeditation that that conspiracy, that word right there. I want people to focus on that word. Conspiracy is the epitome of the Rico Suave. Had to put a little sound effect. That's the epitome of the Rico Suave. They say he was possession of possession of a firearm and a machine gun in furtherance of drug trafficking and a possession of intent to distribute fentanyl. That right there is going to be the epitome of their Rico. Now, oh,
2: yeah. Oh man. That's, that's going to be the, the main ticket.
0: Now he says he is a lawyer. Now let, let me see. He might have a little paper. <clears throat> so he is a lawyer. So you ain't going to be able to do much with a Rico, but let's see who the lawyer is. Oh okay, now he got a lawyer for real. <laughs> okay, it was his yeah, lawyer Frederick Goats. Black guy? No, he got a white dude. He got a white dude. Whoever, whoever, yeah, this is his lawyer. So this brother, the one, the one that they named with the major charges, he got a lawyer. Lawyer. So this dude is is known to fight narcotics crimes, murder, copyright infringement, bribery. Um, constitutional rights by government officials, police officers, and correction staff. So yeah, he got the real deal Holyfield. All these other niggas ain't going to have no, no... This brother got a lawyer. He got a real lawyer. So he's probably the dude that got the, got the paper. Then they mention a bunch of other guys from the from the highs. And most of that's firearms and shit like that, but then furtherance the of a murder. So any of these guys that's tied in with a murder, they're going to hit them with the life sentence. They're going to hit yeah. them say, hey, hey, Here's a life sentence. Um, Then they went back to the bloods again. Two counts of gun charges linked to a murder. Holy shit.
2: That's some real shit.
0: Whoa, wait a minute. Hold on. This is crazy. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Something 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 just popped out. This is very interesting. What is it? This name looks familiar. The name? There's a name that looks familiar. I'm not sure, but this name looks familiar. What's the name? Okay. They got a guy on here. They said in the blood cases, they said James Solomon charged with a RICO, two counseling charge of a murder. Michael James App- Solomon? Yeah, some dude named James Simon, Deshaun, James Simon. Then they said Michael Allen Burrell, a.k.a. Skits42. That sounds like the dude that had got charged back in the day, a long time ago, for a crime that he didn't commit. There was a little girl that got shot.
2: Myron Burrell?
0: Oh, that's not him. Okay, okay, okay. I'm still I'm, okay now. Let's clear that up. Let's clear. Let's clear it up. It says Michael. It says Michael Allen Burrell, aka Skits, forty-two.
2: Now that's a guy named Myron Burrell.
0: Okay, okay. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Okay. I, I was like. I was gonna say because it. I was like, okay. He was in jail. Y'all can't charge him with no shit like that. Do you remember uh, yeah, that case?
2: Surprised.
0: There was a case. Yeah. There was a case where he said that he shot a little a little girl and he didn't do it. And somebody else recanted the statement and they still wouldn't let him out. I think it was Klobuchar that was, that was on support They yeah, still wouldn't case. let him out. They still wouldn't let him out. So yeah. And that's why I'm saying I, I'm being, I'm not saying I'm being lenient with the Rico, but I know how these folks play. I know how these people play, bro. So that's why I'm kind of like, all right, is this some serial hood hitter shit going on with some of these dudes? Because I can't give that a pass. If you if you harming innocent people, I can't give that a pass. Now, if you shooting other gang members, another gang gang, okay, fine. Have at it. But if you shooting little girls and, you know, grandma walking down the street and you robbing her for a car, no, 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 no. Can't give that a pass. That serial hood hit a codification cold, there. I can't get with that. Yeah. Yeah, I can't get with that. If they Rico you for for, for hitting grandma or hitting a little girl, no, no, no. Little I'm wondering, you know what? I'm wondering, you remember them unsolved murder cases with them little, little boys and them little black, them little black boys and girls in over Minneapolis? I wonder if they're going to try to tie some of this into the Rico.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm wondering. I'm really wondering um, because they couldn't find who did it. How do we know and see with the Rico, it casts a wide net. They may say, hey, nigga, you going to get 20 years for this pipe chase. You have, you had a switch on your shit. What you know about this little girl? It's gonna open up all kinds of cans of worms. Oh, uh, here we go. I just happen to is. say. I happen to say, wide net. When the U.S. attorneys, now this is a. Uh, when the U.S. attorneys, this is them quoting from the case. When the U.S. attorney's office casts such a wide net with a RICO indictment, it is even more important that we remember that an indictment is not proof of anything. It is merely an allegation The Catherine Rowe, the federal defender from Minnesota, who is representing multiple defendants in this case. Now, she's a federal, she's just saying, she's just saying word salad. When they indict you yeah, with a yeah, RICO, yeah, when you're in a RICO, man, it doesn't matter whether you did it or not. Because you're going to have a few rats that's just going to say you did it. All right. Now, if I had a good murder lawyer like this one dude, this goats dude, I would I, I, the way I would rip the Rico up. This, this is I'm gonna tell you, this is how some of them bloods is gonna beat the Rico, which is probably not gonna happen. Everybody's not gonna say a word, okay? That's the first thing they're gonna say. Everybody in in that gang is not gonna say a word, and their lawyer is going to say, "Hey." You're accusing my client of X. You got to prove it. But see, the Rico works on rats. So they know for a fact that it's going to be somebody in the gang that's going to say, well, yeah, man, me and that nigga shot that nigga. And then we went to five guys afterwards, man. Don't give me no time. You know, it's going to be something like that. You you know that they're going to have two or three minimal, minimal two to three rats in the gang that's going to say, yeah, man, I was with that nigga when he shot so-and-so. They know that. So, but if everybody just doesn't say anything, and, the, and their lawyers like, okay, well, you know, do you have any DNA? Do you have I mean, because there it's all one Rico, but let, let's let let's be clear on the bagland tonight. The highs and the lows and the bloods don't necessarily know each other. We're talking about completely different, you know, um neighborhoods. The
2: blood is yeah, over the South. police know that. And they know that. The police know that they're not going to talk right away. That's why, like what I was telling you earlier, they're going to sit him, cool him off for about a year. Oh, There's yeah. no bail, no nothing. For about a year, you're just going to sit until you, until you get tired of that. Then eventually you're going to talk. And then they don't need, the thing is, out of the 250 indictments, they only need about four or five of them to talk. That's it. I so, don't need no. So they, five they don't need people. 250
0: so five people can indict two about two hundred people.
2: Shit yeah. Well, what they can do. see, here's the thing: when they load up on these ricos like that, it's like it's like going to old country buffet and loading up on a plate more than you know you're gonna eat. What okay. they're doing is you load up on this rico, and you you might like you might not these two hundred fifty people. Probably 200 of them ain't really got a whole lot to do with it, but they know what's going on. Their information is valuable. So the fact that we can stick them, they might have took a picture on Facebook with a rag or some some kind of text messaging or something that can that can probably implement them even in a small manner. Let's lock them up, and they'll lead us to where we need to go. They know the hardened criminals, the leaders, the top niggas in the gang, they ain't going to say a whole lot.
0: Right. Right, right.
2: It's the, it's the motherfuckers that got something to lose. It's the gunners of the world or the six nines of the world, the fake thugs, them kids that ain't built for this. They're going to lock them up for a whole year. Without And they might not even talk to them in that year. They might not even add, question them. This is it. We'll come see you when it's time. And then they'll come to them maybe about Christmas time next year and be like, oh, man, you're going to be sitting in jail for these fools. You ain't going to be with your family. You know, I want you to tell us what you know. By that point, you're gonna be singing like a canary. Now, You've been sitting in that motherfucker a whole year, ain't no one talk to you. They talking about charging you with all this and that. And you know, your lawyer's not really your lawyers are gonna tell you, well, I can't do nothing until they make their next move. Right. So there's gonna be a lot of confusion. So that's where they get you to talk. You know what I mean? That's where they get it all. Not just a little bit, not just some. We want all of it. And they'll get it. Now look at
0: this. It says here, lifetime prison sentences are possible. On, let me go back up. You just said something about the ages. Those charges in the first wave range in age from 20 to 47. Lifetime prison sentences are possible for anyone convicted of racketeering. Here's the magic word. Conspiracy connected to murder using a firearm to commit murder and conspiracy to distribute controlled substances. So basically conspiracy, you call somebody and say,
2: very vague
0: that that's very vague. So you call somebody and say, Hey bro, um, we about to go over here and bring this bag of weed over to so-and-so's house. Conspiracy.
2: That's not not just that. You could, I could call you, and I could say, "Hey, man, give me a so and sos phone number."
0: Right, right.
2: You know, and you give me the number, you're, you're, yes, you conspiracy right there.
0: In- intent, Unless intent, intent to do business. Yep,
2: yeah. you could have even bought a bag from one of them kids. Bought a bag of weed, anything. They'll lock your ass up over that shit. You know what I mean? and really play with you a little bit and get you to talk.
0: It said the process. It's
2: not. It, they're not. They're not expecting the heads and the leaders of these gangs to do the talking. They know. They know better than that. Because you got to think. Okay, in the two hottest Rico cases lately, you got the Trey Way. Did uh Shady talk? Hell no.
0: No, he didn't.
2: Okay, in the YSL, did Young Thug talking? So far, he he doesn't even probably have the option to talk.
0: No, he's not. Yeah, he's not talking.
2: Yeah, okay, but guess what? Six nine squealed like a pig, and so they're gonna. <laughs> right. it's, 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 a, it's a guarantee. When you drop Rico, there's another thing you got to know. Once he's here to turn Rico, charge motherfuckers are gonna talk, and they're gonna. And once they hit the Rico, there's no bond, there's no nothing. Guess what? You're gonna sit.
0: Now listen to this. They said prosecutors said the Highs primarily do business in West Broadway and North Minneapolis with the lows Territory South. The Bloods, meanwhile, occupy territory in South Minneapolis. The Blood Gang was founded in L.A. and has chapters across the country. The Minneapolis chapter was first founded by an L.A. Gang, an L.A. Bloods member. But according to the indictment, the Bloods in Minnesota are not structurally connected to those in L.A. Their structure includes two main sets, "Rolling 30s and Outlaws, and they work together. Though rare in Minnesota and not previously used to charge Minneapolis street gangs, RICO cases have been deployed in cities such as Houston, Chicago, and Philly in recent years. Now, they said they did not use it to charge Minneapolis street gangs before. That's true. But one thing is, let's go slide it out. Let's slide down down a, a car or two down the liberal limousine and memory lane Hennepin County attorney's office, 12 charged with racketeering in downtown Minneapolis phone theft ring. Do you remember all them lames that was stealing phones downtown? Let me read you this indictment. This was back in 2020. Y'all probably forgot about this. 12 people charged for running a highly organized criminal enterprise that has operated a cell phone theft ring in downtown Minneapolis for over a year victimized more than 40 people. So they catch somebody that is drunk. Now listen to the people. Then now when I seen this at the very bottom, my Spidey sense started growing up. Now, most of the people you had one dude, that was 25, another one, 21, 18, 41. Okay. So when you get a negative nigga that's 41, that tells you everything you need to know. Then every, so everybody in this, in the, in this whole clique is from the ages of 18 to, to, you know, 26. Except for the 41-year-old. Now you get to the very bottom, you see Zong Shong Su, Brandon Su of Minneapolis. He's an agent. They're Asian. on the Rico. He's on the Rico. They had a Rico phone phone case couple, half a, year, a couple years ago. Now listen to this. Now notice they didn't mention his they didn't mention how old he was. But I'm gonna read you the indictment. According to the complaint from June 2021 to 2020 to May 2022 12 individuals operated as an enterprise to systematically steal cell phones fraudulently transfer funds from the victims phones to individuals associated with the theft ring and then sell the phones locally and internationally so they was finding folks coming out of bars that was drunk take their phone beat them up At other times it says defendants would approach victims in a friendly manner and ask them for their phone. So the defendant could add themselves to a social media platform. I don't know who's that damn goofy to give them their phone, but drunk white people, they be doing shit. The defendant would make sure the victim unlocked their phone before handing the phone to another defendant in the illegal operation who would transfer money from the victim's accounts to the defendant's accounts using mobile payments such as Venmo, Zelle and Coinbase. Through thorough, uh, through months of dedicated work by law enforcement, it was determined that the defendants would funnel phones to Mr. Su, nicknamed the iPhone man. that he was selling the phone stolen through the scheme to institutional, to institutions locally and in China, nearly 50 shipments of phones sent to Hong Kong. Another 30 shipments were sent to the address of a Minneapolis hot pot restaurant that employs Mr. Sue. And as part of the coordinating scheme, the thefts and robberies resulted in losses estimated to be 300 bands. So $159,000 of cash, $85,000 of cryptocurrency. The phones was about 25 bands and then attempted cash is 32 bands. Now listen to this. The complaint outlines 33 distinct incidents that were organized by the enterprise. The defendants are linked to each other in many ways. Multiple pairs of the defendants share an address. So, number one, let's break that down, Solomon. These were a bunch of nah. names that didn't have their own apartment, so they shared addresses. Oh, yeah. Number two, two of the defendants are in a remote romantic relationship. All right? So, let's go look at the names. They said two of the defendants were in a romantic relationship. So, you got Aaron, that's a dude. Charlotte, that's a girl. Two Charlies. One Lawrence, Hyron, I don't know if that's a girl or not, but Alfonsi, Sherrod, Mariano, Antonio, David Mullins. So, two dusty lames were together. They couldn't, couldn't think of getting the LLC, but they figured, well, hey, let's just, let's go. Let's go ahead and get wrapped up in this Rico. Multiple pairs of defendants are related to one another, including two that are cousins and the two that are a father and a son. Oh, man. Oh, wow.
2: The the father should get charged double.
0: He should get charged for being a lame. There should be like a lame Rico. Oh, man. Oh, geez. The
2: father should get charged double.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yo.
2: Double Rico.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man.
2: Man, I mean, we get Minnesota gets the, And I bet you how many of them are born foundational Minnesotans?
0: No, not many. Most of them, I hate to say this, y'all, but we got to keep it real. Most of these folks is from the Midwest. uh, You know, know, Indiana, Chicago, primarily Cook County, probably. A lot of them from Chicago, maybe a couple brothers from Mississippi, Ohio. But primarily, man, they, they from the surrounding states. It ain't a lot of folks from New York. It ain't a lot of people from California. It's folks from the Midwest. See, see, people come to Minnesota like you said this before. I, I need you to break down this concept of this. It wasn't a reparations plan, but it was two hundred bucks a month. You you broke down this very interesting concept earlier about how Minnesota works with all this money floating around because we know there's more. There's a than, money
2: more than, 200, than a whole lot more than two hundred. A whole lot more than two hundred
0: dollars a month.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. two hundred a month. It's a lot more than that, brother. It's um. So here's the thing. I'll break it down in very simplistic terms. Minnesota, the state of Minnesota, gets federal grants to accept. You know, there's an old expression, give me your weak, give me your poor, give me your disenfranchised. I think that's John F. Kennedy, maybe. There's a quote from him. That's That's what Minnesota does. That's what Minnesota does. So, for instance, Minnesota... Takes when foreigners are in a democ- or in a uh, communist country and they go to a they escape to a something called a refugee camp. Minnesota is the state that goes bring them here because they get federal grants for that. Minnesota is a state that accepts people from other states with mental health issues and gives them benefits and whatnot because they get federal grants to do that. Right. And the reason why Minnesota does that. It's because, okay, you take the average person that lives in the city of Minneapolis. You take out people with mental health and take out foreigners. It's a dead zone. It's a ghost zone. Hmm. You know what I mean? There's more people leaving Minnesota every year than coming. It's not a destination state. It's the coldest state in America. or in, Yeah, in America. It's not a destination state. It's not somewhere... Oh, we won the lottery. We got a great job. Let's go pick up and move to Minnesota. Right. No one does that.
0: Right. No one does that. You're so, right. so,
2: Minnesota, to keep their population up, has to do that. And in turn, they took that money, that surplus of money that they're getting in federal grants, and they built stadiums and, you know, they took care of a lot of the infrastructure. But why the people move here is if you are a foundational or a foreigner, And you go to your doctor, and you say, "I can't work because I got this issue, this and that." They're going to cut you a check. Oh man! Uh, The first check is going to be until they get everything, you know, you know, situated. What you got, and this and that. They're going to give you something called general assistance (GA). That's two hundred and six dollars a month. You're going to get that. Hold on, hold on. You're going to get that plus. Three hundred in food stamps, and then um, three hundred in food stamps, and then three hundred in cash with those with the food stamp card. That's just for the first couple months until they diagnose you, get you housing and everything. Then you're going to get bumped up to, depending on if you ever worked or not in your life, you'll get eight oh six to s- seven to eight hundred a month, plus six hundred in food stamps. Plus, they'll get you housing, which is one-third of your income. Okay. Yeah, so you'll get all that if you move to Minnesota. Other states, the only way you're going to get that is if you legitimately have a legitimate real medical issue that doesn't allow you to work. Like you're in a wheelchair, you got real bad diabetes, you got gout, you know, something like that. But Minnesota, you can you can get it on account of just anxiety.
0: So I can just be a lazy ass nigga and just say, hey man, yeah. give me some give me give me get two hundred dollars a month.
2: No, you're talking about eight hundred a month plus six hundred in food stamps. The two hundred a month is just for the beginning. That's just until they get you situated. You know, put some money in your pocket until they figure out, you know, it takes a while for them to diagnose you.
0: Oh man,
2: So that's why that's why you see these dusty brothers from Cleveland, Detroit, Chicago. the only reason they moved to Minnesota was that. And here's another another thing that people don't talk about. say you well if you have a substance abuse issue shit they'll deny you you know they won't they won't look after you. but say ten years ago you applied for disability and then you were denied. 10 years ago right now say you applied again last week and then you got approved they will pay you back pay you for 10 years damn so you might get a
0: $20,000 check
2: you're gonna check for $800 a month for 12 years or for 10 years 120 months 800 you do the math you know what I'm saying that's a lot of money I yeah, cool. mean, so Minnesota has the money to do that, and the reason they do that is, who's going to go in there? They need taxpayers, and taxpayers is not just someone who works. Taxpayers is someone who goes to a store, right? Right. And Buys things, you know. Not only that, if I get, if I get a check for ten grand a month, and I give you two of them, you know, I'm still coming up. That's how the state's looking at it. The state probably gets that eight hundred they're giving him in, in, in disability and then six hundred in stance, and so that's about fourteen hundred a month. They're probably getting about eight grand a person. So they're not and they're losing. giving up about fifteen hundred. No, they're coming to the state is coming up. Is what I'm trying to tell people. But you need what needs to happen is is you need the profit sharing, revenue sharing. Well, they look at it like, well, we built you a mall. All your sports teams have their own stadiums. What more do you want? This should be profit sharing. But see, this is stuff the state doesn't talk about. So you see the average person, they just think, man, they're bringing all these foreigners over here. Man, fuck this. And you have to understand, your state is benefiting from that greatly. They should, the, it, the people should be putting the pressure on the state to do that because what happens is you dealing with dusty niggas, lames, that they came over here for that reason. When you see somebody that's in their early 20s and mid-30s, and they talking about trying to get on disability. That's a scary loser-ass motherfucker, you know? Right. Yeah. I'm trying to get my little 703, man. Shit. I'm oh, trying to get my little money. That's what they call you it like, the man, 703? You, you ain't got no bigger goals than that? So they that's, call what it, the, that's what they want to do. They call it 703.
0: 703.
2: You get that 703, and once you're approved, you're good, and it goes with you. Hmm. I knew some guy, it goes with you wherever state you go once you're approved. I knew a guy from Memphis, Tennessee that, you know, I mean, out there in Memphis, you know, they ain't giving you nothing like that unless you, you know, Hell damn, no. you got to be in a wheelchair. Yeah, you ain't getting shit. So bro. what he did is he literally moved out here, lived here because his, his situation took a little time because he had a substance abuse issue. He literally moved out here until he got approved. He's probably here for five or six years. That d- literally moved back to Tennessee within 48 hours of getting approved.
0: And got the same amount of money.
2: Well, cost of living, I don't know.
1: You know cheaper. what I mean? Cause it's cost of living
2: is a little, yeah, but you know, here's what you can do though. You know, there's, there's gimmicks, you know, you could live with your family and not be even registered in that state. You can still act like you live in Minnesota because of direct deposit. Right. Right. Yeah. I got a family member. I got a family member that's on that disability and EBT and he lives in Vegas Damn. But what he does is he just stays at them extended stays in Las Vegas. So what he'll do is he's act, he's acting like he's a resident of Minnesota. Okay. So he'll come back every... Because you got to renew it every couple years.
0: Hmm. And he'll just come back and just get, get it going.
2: Yeah, come back, renew it, stay out here for a couple months, and then go right back.
0: I, I couldn't do that. You know, and you
2: can... You couldn't do it, but you could you could do it if you was a lame. I mean if you was a lame, you're seeing that eight hundred, free eight hundred a month. You're not seeing uh you have no ambition. You have to understand you have no ambition. Are you really your only real goal is you just want to be a gangster. You know what I mean?
0: I was telling my you grandma about be, that the other day. I told her, she said, Well, they need to do something about the about the downtown Minneapolis, they need to do this in the cities. that I said, I said, you got to understand. And I told her, I said, this is something that, I, that I, I realized. I said, it behooves white liberals to say, well, yeah, we want a bunch of foundational blacks owning businesses, building up a new Tulsa. Black folks, foundational blacks are descendants of slaves having businesses up and down Lake Street, up and down Cedar Riverside. They don't want that. I said, I told her, I said, they would much rather a bunch of broke ass niggas fighting and shooting downtown and doing this, that, and the third. It's cheaper. It's much cheaper yeah. to, 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 you know, you call it SSI reparations. They would, they would much rather, as much as they say they don't. Me and you talked about this for, for well over five years. They keep talking about crime, crime, crime. Let me tell you something, man. I went to Boston. The issues that we have in downtown Minneapolis is nowhere remotely close in Boston. They don't even, do you know you got to pay to take a piss? Like, what do you mean? You know how, like. Downtown, you can just go, hey, man, then you can go in this building or go to the bar, I mean, it used to be, you could just go in, like, what's Public that arcade? Restroom. Pops Arcade, you just go in and oh, take a piss. Not, not in Boston. There's these little things that look like spaceships. I said, what is that? And they're like, oh, man, you got to pay to take a piss. I said, what? It was like five bucks to get in or something. Basically, they got it to where you're down there to spend money. And yeah. the brother told me, they'll pull up on you. The police will be like, hey, man, what you doing? Oh, I'm waiting on the bus. Okay, when I come back around, you better be gone.
2: Bro, you got to understand, there's a lot in the East Coast, man. There's a lot of aggressive homelessness as well.
0: They don't play, bro. They don't play. Like, Like, the stuff that goes on, like, I was having a discussion. I said, look at Chicago. You know... The conservatives, the white conservatives always say, well, yeah, you know, you're talking about white supremacy, but look at Chicago. Look at all this black on black crime. You're killing each other. They always use that talking point. Chicago is 10 times bigger than Minneapolis. They have n- They don't even have an issue like we do. Now, I ain't saying they don't have a shooting here and there downtown, but, you know, they don't tolerate that shit, bro. We're the only city probably in America where we have shootouts every single weekend. Every
2: weekend. But we're getting the worst. So you understand. So think of it like this. That mentality you're talking about that you couldn't have. Think of someone that has that mentality and is moving to Minnesota.
0: Right. Oh, you know what okay, I mean? There's okay, a certain
2: okay. level of ignorance. That, so this is the same person that's that's moving somewhere where he can get 800 free dollars every month. Hmm. Think of that. So that mentality. Think of that mentality. Now put a gun in his hand. You're automatically a lame when you're a young person, and your goal is to get on disability.
0: Right. Damn, a young. I can't imagine being young and and that's the goal. That's crazy. No, you're
2: I, I, you spend spend enough time here in the sewer neighborhood, you'll see it. That's it. I mean,
0: as we as we just spoke, I just applied for an IT position. We, we were just talking; you probably didn't know it. I was sitting there. I just <laughs> applied for a position. I I can't, fam. I I guess I don't know, man. I just I I don't know. Maybe it's my upbringing. I I I, I gotta have more. I I can't wait for that eight hundred. I can't. I I, I gotta eight hundred
2: a month. Just think of that.
0: That's that's not take. That's like like my car notes and some groceries, like. I don't know, bro. Like, that's
2: nothing. But okay, but think of it like this. Okay. <laughs> you don't have any of that. Think of you don't have no car no... you don't have no credit, you don't have no family, you know, you know what I mean? So the average, average dusty nigga really doesn't spend that much money. Right. That's the that's the one thing that that gives them a little advantage and it's hard to bust them and shit. The average, like them guys with the Rico. They're spending money, but I promise you a lot of their money they're spending is where they're hustling out of. So if they're hustling out of a bar, they're spending majority of that money back in the bar. Damn. You feel what I'm saying? They're going to go to the Nike outlet, buying some kicks, buying his bitch something. Most hustlers are not doing anything in a, in t- in, that, that would lead to intangibles nothing. They're not investing the money in the stock market. They're not you know, trying to wash their money. They're not doing any of that. You know what I mean? They're just spending it on bullshit. You know, so what happens is, is there's no there's no money stacked. Like, even a uh, homeboy that has a lawyer. So, out of 250 people that got Ricos for selling drugs and doing all this, only one or two of them could actually afford a lawyer? Because realistically, <laughs> yeah. to fight a case like that, you need to have about 100 grand put up. Right. And that might not even be enough.
0: No. Nah. For a most,
2: most Yeah, most hustlers, they ain't thinking about getting caught.
0: Well, this dude they're must not, have thought they're he not got a up. He must have knew maybe they were, I don't know if he got tipped off, but he must have knew. He was like, man, okay, man, let me take this 100 grand and bring it to Mr.
2: Goats. Not only that, though, but with this being a high-profile case... You're going to have some defense lawyers that are going to take the case for cheap
0: because they know because they, they can want beat their it.
2: name in the news. Right? No, no, not just that. They, you know, they, it's not even about knowing they can beat it. It's about having their name in the paper. Like, uh, the, yeah, because I mean, if you are up and coming an attorney and you're trying to get yourself out there, you need to be in some high profile cases. You need your name in the newspaper every day. And then lo and behold, maybe you beat it. Now you put on So Crump,
0: let's just use him as an example. Crump been in so many high-profile cases. Whether he wins or loses, when he gets on your case, he's not taking your case. If if, if he don't think he can get a couple million out of the case, he's not taking
2: it. No, Crump is not going to get involved unless him and his team sit back, assess the situation, and see a bag. Is there a bag here? There's no bag. I ain't coming. I don't know nothing about well, that. Well the the race soldier.
0: The race soldier that choked the brother and all them immigrant crews that there. was on that It'll subway. Be out there. Now you do know that the race soldier we found out his name. The media was hiding him to the very end. It the to till uh I think there was a white lady that said, Yeah, I went to school with this motherfucker. He's always been scared. <laughs> He's always been a race soldier.
2: His oh, dad really? is, his dad Stand is a there. cop. What was the homeless man in the subway station saying?
0: What they're alleging, first, they're using a the narrative that he threatened people. That's what they're saying. Did
2: he threaten anybody's life?
0: They're Did he saying, say, I
2: will kill you, I will kill everybody in this motherfucker? They're saying
0: that he said something like that. Because homeless people
2: tend to say, well, hey, guess what? If that's the case, because homeless people will say shit like that. If he said some shit like, I'll kill everybody in here, I'll blow this motherfucker up, then you know what? He deserved it. I don't give a fuck who you are. You can't, You. I don't care. You're not, say DP is in the subway station with his son and his wife and take race out of it for a second. And some niggas just sitting up there talking about everybody in here going to get killed. I'm killing every motherfucker. You might, you might jam him up, choke his ass up too. So let's be real about things. Okay. We have to know what was said. Other people are saying be, he was just hungry. Other, hey, other, other. If that, then, 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 then he was, the, then the white dude was totally in the wrong, and the, this needs but, to be charged as a hate crime.
0: But here's the thing. This dude was a Marine, for one. Number two, Who? Th- 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 this white dude that choked him out, he was a Marine.
2: Oh, see, that's part of the reason why they are looking after him.
0: Okay, and then on the top of the fact, his dad is a cop. <laughs> The there you media go. The, there now, and now look, the, the entire media, the entire media, not just one, not two, the entire media hid this dude's name until I think it was a white lady to say, Yeah, I remember him from high school. People were scared of him. He was a scary dude, he wasn't a good guy. Like, so then once they got his name out, that's when the news started hitting against the black media. Tariq been staying on their ass for, you know, brother Tariq, you know, he's on, you know, that brother really be putting in a lot of work. He put, he, he found out he's been trying to find out the name and somebody gave up the name. So now that he gave up the name, that's when the mainstream got behind him. Like, Oh yeah, we found the name. Now the mainstream is saying that people were telling him on the subway. There's witnesses that were saying, you're going to kill him. And he wouldn't listen. So now this is a shaving situation almost. Hey, you're going to kill him. You're going to kill him. They kept telling him you're going to kill him. It was two coons that sat there and watched it. It was a few immigrant coons that get sat there and watched it. And it was another guy that held his hand. So let's say if I'm choking you, bro, if I'm choking you and then another dude is holding your arms, that's accomplice to the murder. So folks are trying to find out his name. So, a lot of the underground black media, like Tariq and them, they've been kind of calling out a lot of the foundationals in the, in, 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 in the, in the, the non-foundationals in New York, like, Hey man, y'all niggas got to start putting hands on these motherfuckers. You don't just let nobody choke. Nobody black out. You get, you had a situation right. where there was an alt. Now, now here's another thing that people could say, even if he was saying he was going to do something to somebody, he was autistic. So now cool. under the law, this, this this Michael Jackson kid, the, the, the Michael Jackson dude. Hey, the, it
2: doesn't matter. You don't know that.
0: No, no, no. he sitting don't, at no, the it's subway. It's documented. He's autistic. He's autistic. Okay,
2: he's autistic, but if you're sitting at the subway and he's threatening your life, how are you going to know he's autistic?
0: No, you're not. But the bottom line is, bro, is remember, if even if it's a disabled dude, if you beat his ass, your charges, bro, is going to be higher than if you just beat my ass. You see what I'm saying? You're going to get charged with, um, char. I don't know what the law is, but it's something where if you do something to someone that's disabled and disabled, doesn't just mean autistic. It means somebody with AIDS, somebody with cancer, somebody with diabetes, like that's considered to be disabled. The charges go higher. So we're not just looking at just, okay, what did he say? We're not just looking at that. We're looking at the stuff behind it because the thing is, is NYPD has a history. Okay, here's another example. There was a there was a special needs child. There was some some Hispanic race soldiers that were on the subway and they recorded it. They were beating this black kid up badly. He was autistic. Now you can look at this kid and see, you know, if somebody, you know how 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 me and you are how we grew up. You put your hands on me or you, you getting the beats. It's just, right. that's just how it goes. That's just our, that's our natural reflex. You put your hands on me and I'm, and I'm putting a foot up your ass. And that's just not, that's just not because you just deserve to get your ass whoop. You gonna get your ass whoop because we're just, we're, we're programmed like that. You hit us, we putting a foot in your ass. It's just natural. Right. This kid, you can see, he wasn't really trying to fight back. He was just trying to run. You could kind of tell like, okay, this is an innocent kid. You know that whatever reason they're beating him, he didn't do nothing to nobody. You could just look at a kid. He was like maybe 15, 16, 14. You, you could tell like he wasn't really cognizant what was going on. He was just trying to get away. They grabbed him and they were dragging him. That's kidnapping. Now that's kidnapping. When mm-hmm. you grab somebody and somebody's trying to get away, that's kidnapping. Yeah. Now these are Hispanics. This is your so-called black and brown. That's why I ain't with this black and brown bullshit. This is your so-called black and brown coalition. AOC ain't said nothing. The coon-ass mayor ain't said nothing. The coon-ass DA in New York ain't said nothing. And so a lot of folks like T- uh, Tariq and the black media, they've been kind of calling foundationals out and and immigrant blacks still out there saying, hey, you niggas in New York got to get on business. Y'all sitting there, y'all sitting there just letting shit, you letting motherfuckers on the subway just jump on black folks. You see what I'm saying? Like, man, let me tell you something. If I'm walking down the street, bro, and I see five race soldiers, five dudes. Now, if their police is different, but if it's five dudes, and I and I'm hearing them say something, "Oh yeah, you black bastard" or whatever, they are kicking a dude, and man. I'm, jump, I'm jumping in that shit, bro. I don't care what the nigga of did. Of course, I, I, I'm jumping because that could be me. Because we know that race soldiers, they look at, they look, they look at a fair fight, and that's what Tucker Carlson was talking about. They look at, they look at a fight like. Okay, it's 10 on 1. That's a fair fight. Do do you know, bro, like and I, I was going to play this video a little, and I don't want to I don't want to miss that. Remind me in a little while to get into the alligator bait in a minute. We, I want to get into that concept, alligator bait. Um th- they they look at as um like like you see a lot of these attacks of women, black women, black children um, soft targets anybody that they could say well okay this person can't really fight back yeah people say well that's old that wasn't that wasn't no white supremacist that was black and brown that, that was brown people know because we know that a lot of the latinos envision themselves from the spanish conquistadors they look at themselves as honorary whites they attacked that kid that autistic kid on the subway because he was black they were calling